Welcome back, edamames, edamames. <laughs> okay, from the top. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from the top. <laughs> from the top, from the top. Okay. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> What's up, listeners? Welcome back to the pod. I'm Joanna. And I'm Scott. And this is Edamame, the podcast where every week we have the same pod, but a new P. And this week's guest is Dillis, who is a senior photo editor at Time. Um, and usually in this intro, Scott and I will do some chitter chatter at the beginning of this episode, but, Mm -hmm. um, we just tried that (laughs) and it gets a little long. So Uh that's what the mini-sodes are for. Listen to our mini-sodes. Yeah, that's what the mini-sodes are for. Yeah. Listen to our mini-sodes. Yeah. They're like bite size. 20 minutes. If you're craving that classic Sko Joe banter. (laughs) (laughs) That ping pong banter. That ping pong back and forth. You should check out our Mm -hmm. mini-sodes. It's just a good time. Yeah. (laughs) We, you know, we talk about condiments, being bullied, um, Uh enjoying... Condiments, comma, being bullied. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, you, Scott, for that clarification. Um, If you want to hear us talk about, you know, certain bodily functions, that will typically occur. (laughs) (laughs) If you think poop is funny... You're going to love the episodes. <laughs> we understand that that's not for everyone, and that's okay. But if you're out there listening, and you want to just sit sit back, relax, hear a poop story, listen to a mini-sode. Um, without further ado. Without further ado. I don't get it. Without further, sorry, in my mind I said it twice. Without further ado-do. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you get the joke? And then I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to add another do. I was like, uh huh. You're like, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Without further ado. Let's not, di- let's not dilly, let's not dillis dally. Dillis dallas. dallas. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. Let's not dillis dallas. <laughs> Wait, why is that so funny? Uh. <laughs> Dillis, if you're listening to this, I'm really, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> so, so, sauce. Just sauce. Um, let's jump right into the episode. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Edamame. Welcome to Edamame. Hosted by Joanna and Scott. Welcome to Edamame, a new podcast hosted by Joanna and Scott. Joanna. Scott. Edamame. So yeah, today we're joined by Dillis Ng, who is a senior editor at Time, originally from Singapore, currently in New York. She's worked on some pretty remarkable covers with like Taylor Swift, BTS, Michael B. Jordan, Constance Wu, just to name a few. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Love that intro. Did we leave anything out? Oh, no, no. That's great. It's everything I've done. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that's <Fantastic>. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to start off with a quick icebreaker. Um, the icebreaker is, what's your ideal day? Pandemic-free, morning to night, what, is your, what does your schedule look like? Um, and I can start to give everybody some time to think about it. Um, I myself didn't think about it, so this is this is this is off top. But I think my ideal day, I wake up and 
I make myself some sort of brunch. And then after that, I'm going to go to the beach and lie on the beach, read something. Um, On the beach, I will be eating chips and salsa or chips and guacamole or both. Any combination of those three elements. Salsa and guac. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then... um, I'm also, I think there are people involved. I don't think I'm alone. I think in my <laughs> ideal day, I'm like with other people. Um, and we're going to go eat an acai bowl. Then going to come, oh, I'm going to do some sketching at the beach. Maybe I'm like painting something. This is getting really elaborate, but I come back from the beach and um, I enjoy like a peaceful like dinner, hangout time with people. Maybe we watch a movie um, and then I sleep really well. And I think that's my ideal day. It sounds beautiful. I feel like throughout the entire time of you describing them, I'm like, I want to be in paradise too. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my ideal day is just not planning anything. I feel like mm. most of my life is planning from like 6 a.m. call time down all the way to like, you know, nighttime. And I'm like thinking back about like the most enjoyable days and it's always things just happen as they come. Um I'm sorry that's a boring answer, but like I feel like that's a that's a good answer. It makes sense. Like you your whole entire career is like planning things. And so Exactly. And like planning things for other people so that then you can enjoy it too. And I feel like having other people plan it is my ideal situation. Um, and just kind of like going with it. You know, I mm. think like over planning it for me kind of it's just like putting more structure in your day. Not into mm. that. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. Do you think you're kind of like a type A person? Like, do you like? I you am really super enjoy? type A. I am like the most the most Capricorn person alive. Also a Capricorn. See, there we go. Type A to a T. Wait, what about you, Scott? Um, I think my ideal day uh, would just involve people. I think in some kind of experience together. Um, I love a, a full day packed with like family things because I have a huge family, or just with friends doing something. Like, I'd love to just be, like, exploring a city. And then, I don't know, yeah, like you were saying, I'm not really having a plan and letting things sort of, like, spontaneously happen, I guess. Um, (laughs) I think the days where you, like, are just with people and it's the quality time, those are my favorite. That's also a good answer. I I was laughing because I, like, I was, like, I'm going to be eating (laughs) chips with my chips on the beach (laughs) while reading a book. (laughs) No, that's completely fine. I feel like... When I say unplanned, that doesn't mean like I'm not planning my meals in the day. Right. Like mm. what I think about all the time. Yeah. Good icebreaker team. Totally. Good, good <laughs> ideal day. Start us off with like a positive mindset, right? Like now we're all mm-hmm. kind of in this like uh-huh. paradise mind. <laughs> okay. We're going to just like kick things off with um, asking about like where your love of photography began and how you got your start. Sure. Um. I think, you know, it all obviously started in Singapore, and I think it was steeped in the community that I had there. I didn't start with photography. I started with, like, graphic design. Mm. I went to school there for visual communication um, with a concentration in photography and graphic design. And then at some point, my circle just became, like, a bunch of graphic designers and, like, branding people and fashion people, just kind of, like, organically. And I guess along the way... Um, I started working at a photo festival and, you know, at, at that point of just one big world of quote unquote creative types, 
Um, and then I really only kind of concentrated on photography when I moved to New York. Um, mm. I went to school in New York too. And even then that was for aesthetics, you know, kind of like philosophy and art, not even photography. I was actually mm-hmm. at some point very resistant against photography. And I, I wasn't too keen on the fact that it, of how restrictive it was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things kind of just happened. Um, a friend of mine used to work at Time and asked if, I, you know, they had a spot open and asked if I wanted to try that. And that's kind of how it all happened. Um, in between, obviously, while I was in Singapore, I started a magazine called Galavant with um, two of my close friends there. And it really started because at that point, we didn't have a small indie type magazine that focused on art, literature and design. And mm-hmm. so we were like, why don't we just make it like, you know, we always we found ourselves always talking about all these artists and writers in New York, in London, wherever they were. Um and talking about how unattainable it felt for us because we're on the other side of the world. We're in this tiny island. No one at the point knew what Singapore was. They all thought we were part of China or something. Mm-hmm. Just like, fine, whatever. Um, and then, you know, I, I think we kind of just started cold emailing people just to see like what, if you know, if this was even a thing that could happen, if people respond to us. And then we started, you know, everyone replied back to us. I mean, even if it's a no, it's fine. People acknowledged mm-hmm. it. And so then we kind of gathered all of that together and we're like, maybe we should do something with this. And so from there, I was kind of like basically doing the job of what I'm doing right now as a photo editor. I just mm-hmm. did not realize that that was a job that existed because, right. you know, I think photo editing is a niche thing, especially in the Western world. Um, not many places can afford the luxury of photo editors because it's, you know, you're hiring a team. Um, for a very specific task. Um, and I would say that the majority of media outlets in smaller places in the world, you know, don't have that. But yeah, I think like that's kind of the short version of it. Um, and then of course, this is being bolstered by the fact that I was working at a photo festival there, which really opened my eyes in, you know, the curatorial fine art world. I feel like so much of what you said earlier really resonates with me because Right, because I um I'm also like a creative type. Like I um currently am a kind of aspiring graphic designer and photographer. And I feel like growing up, you know, Asian American, second generation, um, I was sort of like pushed to always like weigh, mm-hmm. you know, like the value is always on ac- academia. And so like I went to like a STEM institution and there was never really like a creative community for me. And so when I like see people in New York, it feels so unattainable because I, I like don't really understand how you can make, you know, like that there is such a thing as a photo editor and that you get to do such exciting creative work. I don't know. So I was horrible in school, like cannot excel in anything. Mm-hmm. I used to, I actually used to like have to go for like tuition. It's like a common thing in Singapore where everyone had a tutor for like every single subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of my tutors was like, why don't you find something that you love? I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't like anything. Um, <laughs> and this is like when, this is when I was like 13. And mm-hmm. so she, she randomly was like, what about, what about photography? And so then I think my mom at that point was like, well, yes, we're signing you up in a photography class. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of just stuck with me. I didn't love it then, but it was just something, it was just something for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then that kind of grew on its own. You know, I think I was very fortunate in that I was not expected to be in academia, which I know that a lot of my peers are. You know, and it's something mm-hmm. that 
because you know for i think for most asian americans or just asian people in general um mm-hmm. it's so focused on um you know helping to support your family right also and you know that mm-hmm. that is why like we're always expected to like be in some like lawyer doctor roles and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but you know i think that's a very archaic way of thinking there are so many different pockets of you know careers and opportunities that can help do that now yeah. um but yeah we are both of you in school i want to say yeah so mine's complicated <laughs> <laughs> scott's graduated let's just get that out of the way okay, okay, um, okay. recently um and then i would be a like a sophomore in college like a second year um so I and we met Scott and I met at UCSD, which is like this huge STEM <laughs> institution, not very um, creatively inspiring, in my opinion. And so then I ended up transferring to UPenn, which also isn't an institution necessarily <laughs> known for being very <laughs> creatively inspiring. But I think I was really just trying to move to the East Coast, and um, I lived in California my whole life, um, and then I. Um, yeah, I felt like I was this, wow, this was like a really simple question and it's extending into a really long answer, but <laughs> I was trying to like, yeah, I, w- I was like, um, meeting a lot of people who were like really similarly background into me. And I felt like a really important part of just like being young and, and learning new things is also just like meeting different people, which is why I was like really keen on transferring. So I did. Um, but then the pandemic hit and I didn't want to start paying more tuition. So I took a gap year. Um, mm-hmm. and then in this gap year, I like accidentally founded a startup and now it'll be indefinite gap years until I return to college. So a short answer, yes, I'm a college student. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. And then, yeah, I just, um, I just graduated last June and I have been sort of like freelancing for different internships that I've had in the past, just kind of figuring out like what I want to do next. And that's like the space that I'm in right now. Mm. And you said you're like graphic design? Yeah, so I like studied cognitive science at UCSD <laughs> with like a specialization in um, human computer interaction. Uh, so like a lot of UI products, because, you know, felt like the more practical choice, even though I really wanted to pursue graphic design. And like UCSD didn't really have like a robust design program where I could do like hands-on graphic design. And so I, I've always just sort of like been doing it on the side with YouTube and just trying to like read books and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my background I also like have been I have like a passion for photography too but I feel like I didn't really think that that was like a possibility career-wise like that I could I could do something like be a photo editor at time and so that's why I feel like it's so exciting to talk to you because it's like it's just exciting I don't know no it's so interesting that you said that because I know a handful of friends um from Singapore and Indonesia and a bunch of other places where they went to school for like neuroscience or like Mm -hmm. I don't know some kind of like math situation um you know some of them have like phds in it and now they're like doing fine art you know or doing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. one of them is making coffee and like it Mm -hmm. just all makes sense at the end of it but i feel like it's completely fine to be like in this in between right now because a lot of like what you went to school for not even that like you know prior education or interest it all plays into like what you eventually end up doing which is not yeah. even like for me it's not what I eventually want to do is not even photo editing it's just like mm-hmm. part of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I think just you know acknowledging and understanding that they're all just like moving parts for a greater right. thing yeah right. 
don't know what that is yet. Yeah. I'm definitely like optimistic about like my cognitive science background being useful because I think it is interesting to like have studied cognitive science in college and then to want to like pursue fine art, you know, to have like a BS and to want to go and be like a graphic designer, I think is interesting. And I think it'll, it'll just, I think, allow me to like bring a fresh perspective to like these creative spaces that a lot of times seem very homogenous because a lot of the times they're just the same kind of people, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I was going to actually ask you a question. Like, how did, how did your family respond? Like, that's a question that a lot of people have asked me as well. Like, oh, are your parents upset that you took a gap year? Because it's like a, again, like an Asian American stereotype that your parents only want you to just like pursue. How how did they respond to, to like what? To like you wanting to be more of a creative, like pursue photography, pursue, you know, working on your independent magazine. Um, I think at that point they're like supportive because my mom's like, just just do whatever, just don't get in trouble, just do whatever it takes. I was mm-hmm. getting in a lot of trouble when I was a kid, um, so you know anything remotely creative was like a good deal for her. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're just at home doing like arts and crafts or whatever it was. She's like, great, I love this, um, <laughs> and so. Yeah, she's like, I don't care. Just do whatever you have to do. Um, so <laughs> then I went to a lot of my friends in Singapore too. We all, you know, we reference the Western world a lot. We're very seduced by, you know, the culture in New York. The culture. Yeah. Well, usually it's like New York and London, I want to say, um, in mm-hmm. parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. And so then I brought up the idea of moving to New York. And that was like a big thing. They're like, uh, it's kind of far. It's like 24 hours away from Singapore. So that was a yeah. big thing um and then it, it went down to like if you get a scholarship then fine and then I kind of did so it's just one of those we're fine with you doing these things but here are the caveats and all of that mm-hmm. um but ultimately I feel like they're pretty okay because both of my brothers my one of my brothers does like shipping I want to say I'm not that clear on what he does um and then he does my what? shipping like I oh, know, shipping. shipping i heard hipping and i was like what's hipping <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, i think i think he's a ship broker i'm not entirely sure uh-huh. um and then my eldest brother is a chef so i feel like mm-hmm. we all have like very wide spectrums of like mm-hmm. you know yeah personalities and career types so they, it seems pretty open mm-hmm. um but again i feel like i am very fortunate in that you know i come from a background that's not super strict mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, that said, if I were to become a lawyer, that would have been amazing for them. <laughs> they wouldn't have been upset. <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, great, love that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was like the process of moving to New York like for you? Every, I feel like most people, the way they tell their stories about arriving in New York is like, you come here and then you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is with everyone. It's, it's how I did it. Like I had no clue how to do uh-huh. anything. And you just figure it out. I think it's yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I mean, everyone will yell at you while you're trying to figure it out. But. Yeah. Yeah, part <laughs> of me just wants to like, just go now and just like figure it out and just make it work and just start yeah, my just, creative dreams. Just do that. Yeah, <laughs> just do that. Because like, we're in Okay, we're in let's end this call. Like, I'm going to come right now. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing matters anymore. So just do it. 
I just, yeah, I feel like I'm, I've, I'm ready to like explode and like live my best creative life and like go live in New York and like hustle and do all these really exciting things and try out a bunch of things. And I feel like I need to not be at home with my parents and I need to like be in a city that's like vibrant and like living and just get to like go experience and be a part of something. I don't know. That's just, that sounds so cliche, but like, that's where my headspace is at. And I feel like every day I'm like beating myself because I'm like, how do I get there? Like, what am I doing? Like, what have I just done today? I, I don't know. Anyways. I mean, uh, you also have to like give yourself some forgiveness. Cause like, this is, it's just been a time when there's lots of things out of your control and like, mm-hmm. you know, I think New York will always be there too. And like, you're so young, Scott. You've got, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a life ahead of you. How old are you? Uh, 22. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just move here. And I, I also feel like I know every every time anyone describes like the way they feel or why they want to move to New York, there's no like non-cliche way of saying that. Yeah. Um, it will always be cliche. And which is why, <laughs> which is why when you're young, just get it over and done with so that, you know, at least you're like getting the experience out of the way. Mm-hmm. and and you, like you're allowed to feel that way when you're 22 but then if you're saying that when you're like 35 and everyone's a bit like okay <laughs> you need to check yourself mm-hmm. um like just do it yeah i don't know <laughs> all right well okay listeners you heard it here first um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just do whatever makes you scared just do it i know i just i feel like i i'm waiting for like the stars to align in some certain situation i guess where like you know it will never align right it'll never align but like you know where like i get a job i don't know part of me is also like step one feels like i need to like get a job first and then go but that's true i mean where what's an ideal place that you like to work at well like the dream is to like work at a design studio um but i don't know uh well, like like Collins. Sorry, I, I, I didn't I didn't mean to put in a spot. Oh no no no! I mean I can like list them no, all. He's off got a you. list. Like he's good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, also like wouldn't mind a job at time. <laughs> <laughs> so idealist. <laughs> but this is all just a plan to like all no. yeah. This is that's this that's what this podcast. Scott's been is. pitching you this whole time. <laughs> But one question I did want to ask you back about like podcast stuff is I just really curious about what the pressure is like to feel like you maybe like have to do something fresh and new all the time in portraiture and what that's like managing that because these are some like the most photographed people and they've been photographed so many times and what is that sort of like to have that kind of pressure to like feel like you have to like do something inventive and new. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real pressure that I feel every day. Um, And on top of that, you know, you are making pictures for one of if not the most well-known magazine right. on earth right. um and it has so many eyes on it and all you know and and the audience is it's large it's not like a fine art magazine it's not like a small cultural magazine it's huge um you know i think it's always a challenge i think it's it's a lot of like thinking about what the story is i mean first and foremost what the story is is, is it like a a list like time 100 where it's about celebrating them and celebrating their influence or is it like a profile story they're trying to tell and then from there you know you kind of I usually research the past like five years of every single Mm. photo of them not like who is photographing every photo editor does that Mm -hmm. I think and the most photographed people you'll, you'll start to see that you know you'll start to see trends or like threads of similarities 
and you start asking yourself like why are, why is everyone doing the same thing mm-hmm. and then you start feeling like i can do something different but then if you step back you think about why and it's because it's probably what the talent wants mm-hmm. yeah you know this i think there's like all this complex layer of a lot of back and forth behind the scenes that no one sees right you know just like production wise mm-hmm. talent um that affects a lot of the result that everyone mm-hmm. else sees but you know i think my goal has always been to pair to just have interesting pairings or pairings that make make sense you know i because i come from a more like fine art background i tend to you know i'm i'm more intrigued with like fine artists like art photographers or if not it's just kind of like i want to make sure that the photographer has the backstory or an interest in the talent that I'm going to end up like pairing them with. Usually, you know, the, the one question I ask most photographers that I meet with, is like, you know, who is that one person, regardless of like money or access, like who's the one person you want to photograph? A, a living person. And you hear a very wide range of answers. Some of them are more predictable, like the president, um, or like Beyonce, but then some of them have very interesting answers that I think always relates back to like their background um, mm-hmm. and, you know, their, their story. And I think the relationship, I, th- I think just bridging the relationship and nurturing the relationship between photographer and talent, um, mm-hmm. you know, might, might be to me the key way in making a new and fresh portrait. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not just like that's not how you, I always approach every single portrait. A lot of it also like sometimes I have less than twenty four hours to mm-hmm. produce a big shoot, and you're kind of like, who's available? You know, what can I do? Um, yeah, I feel like it's there's just a lot to it. I think yeah, <laughs> that will take take me hours to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it's really about thinking about the right photographer or artist um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can i ask like, what does a photo editor do <laughs> i like don't know <laughs> i don't know it's fine i feel like it's you know i think it's very inside baseball where if you're not yeah. in the photo community you have no idea mm-hmm. um so a photo editor is in charge of all in the magazine um we do not photoshop images i feel like a lot of people think that we like edit the photos um <laughs> so I mean, also, just 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 to clarify, um, being a photo editor in different companies mean different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, At time, being a photo editor means that like you're researching photography for the magazine with whatever story that comes with it. Um, You commission photographers, you art direct, and you produce the entire shoot. And then, you know, you're not just doing this for the print magazine. You're doing across time.com, um, all our franchises. Recently, we have been going into broadcast TV, um, as well as we have special events, um, like museum shows and like galas. And so it's, it's a very wide spectrum. Time 100, which, you know, the galas are not happening anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like, yeah, it's just having your hands is it's orchestrating every mm. single visual element and everything that comes with it mm-hmm. is the best mm. do yeah. you feel like there's um there's like resistance from some of the people that you're shooting like i feel like because time is so revered there would be like 
you know, do what you want creatively. Like, let's just push the boundaries here. Like, I feel like they're like, I don't want to be difficult to work with because I want to be on this cover. Like, do you find that there is like resistance from the people you're shooting or? or... Wait, as in, as in the subject? Yeah, the subject. Like wanting it to, like, you know how you were saying, like you do a lot of research and you look at like tons of photos and you typically see the same thing because maybe it's like the person wanting oh, the it to be a certain way. Yeah. Right. Mm. But I feel like if, if if someone knew that they were going to be on time, they'd be like, you know, like, let's just, let's, let's do something <laughs> submit, more creative. You know, like. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like, I think when a lot of them think of time, we don't think about pushing it. We think about like wanting, I mean, okay. I mean, this is also like, if you're on the cover of time, it's a big deal. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah everyone wants it to be the most important cover or photograph of them. And so with that comes, you know, the natural need of wanting more control, which I think it's just, it just, you know, all of us will do the same thing. And it's less about pushing the boundaries when it comes to that point. It's about like wanting to look super strong and powerful Mm -hmm. and iconic, which is exactly what we want. of course, again, like it's just so it just links so closely with how this what the story is. Um, there are some cover images that we've done that pushes the boundaries in terms of the creative direction. Um, others, it's a, it's a it's a lot about catching like the off guard moment in portraiture. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was I was shoots are not like glamorous fashion shoots where it's like sixteen looks. It's mm-hmm. a portrait and the creative now I always get asked like what what's the concept the concept and, like the concept is the person right we're mm-hmm. photographing the person we're putting you on the cover we're you know we're photographing you for the story because of what you're doing and so I think the challenge comes in pulling that aspect out of them because a lot of you have to realize that a lot of these people are so used to going photo, to photo shoots every other week yeah mm-hmm. and so you know to sorry this is such a long-winded answer no it's really interesting <laughs> it's interesting yeah <laughs> to really answer your question is that you know it will be a discussion between us and the talent about what we want to do for the cover but I think the hardest part is trying to have them let go a little bit and trusting mm-hmm. trusting the photographer um but of course that's that's manageable we usually get there um but yeah I think a lot of it's making people feel safe and trusted on set mm-hmm. How yeah, is it, wait, no go ahead what is it like to um <laughs> this is like we've been we've been zoom podcasting for like for a couple oh, months God. now so that's just like just comes yeah, with I the got, territory yeah, okay. you, Scott, go. you know <laughs> um I was just gonna ask um like what is it like to work with so many high profile people and has it like changed how you view celebrity like does it feel like it's less of a thing now that that's such an intimate part of your work it's just working with like the most high profile people I would say it's less of a thing you know sometimes we all obviously still get starstruck yeah (laughs) but I will say that I I respect a lot of these people way more than I used to just because Mm. Now that I understand how all of this works, I, I genuinely see how hard all of them work um, behind the scenes. You see the amount of people and the amount of work that goes into, for example, a three-minute music video mm. or the amount of work that goes into one snippet of a show. 
like you just get to see all this production aspects of things and you know it yeah i think it's very eye-opening i think it makes you respect all these people a lot more mm-hmm. and your stories just become more extraordinary to you you know mm-hmm. when you look at all these people on covers you're just like oh great they did this movie they you know they championed this and that but then when you are actually interviewing them or photographing them and reading about them you know it, it is truly mind-blowing how these people are doing all these things mm-hmm. i feel like talented pe- talented people make things look easy and i think that's you know it's like when you <laughs> when you see an athlete you know they just like perform and you're like wow that looks so simple but it's like really um mm-hmm. it's yeah. hours and hours and hours of training um mm-hmm. i have i've photographed quite i mean not me i've like or whatever photo editor a bunch of while <laughs> yeah. like, photo shoots with athletes and actually they're the ones whose schedules are like just the craziest like you know they, they're training eight hours a day they yeah. rest for mm-hmm. one hour and then they do a shoot for 30 minutes and then back to training it's so intense on them mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think also you know you, you get to see how long people work in a day yeah yeah it's, it's crazy how much people work Wow. When, when's the time you've been like starstruck by someone or can you share some colorful anecdotes with some celebrities <laughs> 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 just for joanne and i we'll cut it out we'll cut it out. <laughs> so taylor swift actually <laughs> oh no she, she she's the sweetest um yeah y'all oh, are besties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i i genuinely feel like everyone that we photograph are very nice people i don't think anyone has been like super nasty or anything that's amazing because um, honestly I was like when I posed the question of like how has your impression of celebrity changed I was like thinking about oh maybe they're just you know kind of nasty during the shoot and you're like oh like I don't, well no I don't there like are there are you. people listen like there <laughs> she's are. like no 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 there are people who are nasty get <laughs> it twisted no I, I will say that I, I won't I won't call them nasty I don't believe they are uh-huh. you know I think a lot of it's also like you know not we all have bad days yeah. And, you know, noting that, noting how hard these people work, you know, I, if I'm one of these people and I'm working until midnight and I have to appear in your shoot at 7 a.m. after mm-hmm. working for like two weeks straight, I, I would not be like giggling on set. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're there to get the work done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I won't say that they're nasty. I, I will say that it's part of the job. Um, yeah. And people get tired. Um, people get snappy. I get it. Um, but that that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But I derailed What's, you. We were gonna say some yeah. positive, <laughs> yeah, anecdotes. You know, good experience. Give us the give us some good colorful anecdotes. <laughs> um, I I stars. I don't. I probably have been starstruck, but I just don't remember it mm-hmm. now. Because um, there's just so many high profile people. <laughs> 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 like your besties with Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> I love Sandra. She's the sweetest. I love Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> she was so nice. She like, I remember on set, she kind of came up to me and she looked at me and she was like, I have been acting for, well, I don't know, 20, whatever, how many years? And mm-hmm. when I told my mom about this cover, she looked me in the eye and she was like, oh my God, you're famous. Like you're actually famous. <laughs> wow. And this is Sandra O oh, who has been in like Grey's Anatomy and like all these shows <laughs> yeah. for so long. Princess Diaries. <laughs> I know. I, it's just like insane. But yeah, she's wow. just like such a nice person. Um, one of I guess I, one of the 
more memorable experiences on set. I remember being on set with Nicole Kidman, um, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she invited me into like her dressing room, which, by the way, people just don't do that, mm-hmm. and kind of spoke to me for a very long time, just asking like things that I like. And I was like art, and and we just started talking about art. It was really nice. That's so sweet. Um, you know, and, and I think there are a bunch of them who are very good conversationists where they when they mm-hmm. talk to you, they look you in the eye, even though they have no idea who you are, they don't know what your name is. Oh. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they make you feel included in the conversation, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I mean, not just for me. I feel like even if it's like a photo assistant, a production assistant, I feel like it's so important for everyone to respect each other on set. You know, mm-hmm. not none of that like go get me a water kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to get Nicole Kidman water. <laughs> well, I you, would let you, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> she could be so mean to me, and I, <laughs> and we'd be cool with it. <laughs> no, she's not mean. <laughs> that's um, so cool to hear, though. Yeah, that's yeah, so special. She's, she's great. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of story. I, I miss being on set. We love the stories. Like, mm-hmm. That's what our stories. listeners want. They want to hear these colorful stories. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of them, they are like we keep all out shoots confidential, so mm. can't see a lot there. Um, what about like a like a shoot like horror story, like like something? I'm definitely goes not talking about that. Terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's shoots that go terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> there's no there's no editor producer out there who who you know have a good track record of just great shoots. Yeah something always goes wrong mm. not not like wrong wrong but like semi wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. what is it like at the time events like the the galas um it's a very small group of people it's really you know it's very intimate i think we like to keep it that way mm-hmm. you're obviously with like all you know the most influential people on earth and it's very interesting to see them like talk to each other whoa yeah the beauty of time 100 is that you see you see like a like a scientist talk to like a major pop star and they somehow yeah. have like a lot of things in common that's whoa. so cool but you know and then sometimes like it's our job there to kind of help facilitate the conversation mm. also but yeah I, I feel like i've definitely seen a big pop star like talking forever to like this kid that was there um who wasn't even on the list which is someone's kid that they brought <laughs> along you know, as compared to a lot of other galas, I feel like Time Under Gala, it's more about the mixing of these incredible people and right. like mm-hmm. how a lot of them do share a common thread without just achievements. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting sight to see and it's very heartwarming to see also. Mm-hmm. But then of course, it's like fun to see all these things. They have a, mm-hmm. You have performances and all of that. I miss those. And then, yeah, I feel like it's it's that one thing that a lot of us look forward to every year. Yeah. Um, hopefully that happens soon again. It must. It yeah. just must be so interesting to be like a fly on the wall, like seeing all these like really interesting people interact with each other. I know, and and it's weird because like we do all, we do all the photo research on them, and I'm like, oh gosh, I, and like I I know every single one of them, uh-huh. or like two hundred of them actually, because we have past honoraries come to the gala sometimes. Right. I'm like, I've been researching your face for like thirty days, <laughs> <laughs> and now here it is. <laughs> and I was like, I know every event that you've been to, <laughs> mm-hmm. and on the red carpet, like I know exactly how they're gonna pose. 
It's like you get to the point of just like knowing every single thing. That must be such a fun game. You're like, all right, now they're going to hit this pose. They're going to do this pose. They will. They will. (laughs) That's so funny. You think, do you think you've become a better poser? Because you spend so much time. No, 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 no. I'm like horrible in front of the camera. Um, No, but then, you know, there are things that you pick up. Like what feels a certain way, what looks good. Yeah. You know, there is definitely a formula to how cover images are made not just time just in general right cover images um yeah I, I think you start picking up on all these things about on you know on set um in frames mm-hmm. uh but yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's so interesting cool. what's something you would tell yourself at 20 don't go too fast it's fine this is like when i was 14 to like 21 maybe I was obsessed with like being the youngest person to like do whatever 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 mm-hmm. for like making it and being like successful mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a lot of things to help my career and you know it it has benefited me but to that point it's also like you miss so much of your youth and that's like the most important part um of your foundation and you cannot get that back um mm-hmm. But yeah, I, this is why I'm just kind of like, if you feel like doing something, just do it. I feel like over planning when you're at that age is dangerous. Um, you know, you can, like the old saying goes, you have all the time in your life to work. And it's true. You know, I was like super obsessed with working at the, at, at like, you know, the 14 to 21 age. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish I would just not worry so much and you know do all the fun reckless things mm-hmm. that like if you want to do it now you can still do it but like it's a bit <laughs> different now <laughs> mm-hmm. that's good advice if something feels right just do it let's yeah. talk a nike ad <laughs> <laughs> no it's good it's like good to hear you know it's popular for a reason <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel like if you want to move to New York, just do it. I know. Exactly. It just feels so strange to be like in a pandemic and to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to go. No job, no nothing. (laughs) I'm just going to go. I know, I know so many people who have moved to wherever they've moved to with no job, nothing. They just did it because you're like, well, if this is the end of the world, like, what am I going to do? Like, how? three quarters of my friends in New York have moved out. Which is why rent yeah. is cheaper now. Um. <laughs> yeah, I guess like the internal planner in me is just like, and also the the the, 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 the internal like monologue of like, you know, be cautious, like, you know, moving to New York is a massive financial risk. And like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, that that's like definitely valid. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that is also the sensible thing think about when you're moving somewhere else like how am I going to pay for these things and obviously I'm saying just move here in a very like young and reckless way (laughs) yeah no the dreamer in me is like I want to go today like I want to I want to go right now (laughs) yeah like you know who cares um you know I I think you can do that but you you can't be you have to know that you won't be comfortable you you have to be okay Mm -hmm. with not being comfortable for like a long time yeah And I think that's the main thing that's maybe stopping you. Like, people like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
well we just mentioned really like existential yeah I was like my mind I was just thinking I was like what am I waiting for I was like I feel like maybe it's because um because I feel like I've I've lived in so many structures and now this is the first time where I get to just do this because I want to and not because I'm I feel like I have to or because I'm being told to and so Mm -hmm. it feels weird to like be making a choice for myself but then it's like wow isn't that so sad that this is like the first time in my life where I'm like anyways it's not sad I think that you know there's always a first time for it I don't don't feel don't feel pathetic about it because it's not you Mm -hmm. know there are so many people out there who like for example I know friends who were like 45 and then switched their entire careers you know moved away yeah kind of rerouted their lives it's mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. yeah well scott's really, <laughs> I'm ready yeah, no, he's really as soon as <laughs> as soon as this calls over i'm gonna, gonna come right now <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna do some rapid fire questions so oh, off the no. top of your head i know i know but you can do it and if you take too long to answer we'll just edit the space in between so it seems like you answered it right away. <laughs> <laughs> the power of editing <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. What music have you been listening to lately? Okay, it's Django Reinhardt. I've just been listening to a lot of like jazz mm. when I'm cooking or in the bath because it makes me feel like I'm outside again. Mm. Mm. What's the last thing you ate? I think it was lunch. I had like chicken and brought some. This is so boring. I had like chicken. <laughs> no, no, no. This like, is good. And like. <laughs> leftover pad thai or something mm, that's that's good delicious all right what's your favorite condiment oh god i don't really use that much <laughs> no condiment, then. no condiment. I know, sriracha it's one of those what flower do you think represents how you've been feeling lately i wouldn't say what i've been feeling lately but there is one flower or one yeah one flower it's the birds birds of paradise i just had mm. one of my best friends in singapore she handmade a big wool rug for me of a birds of paradise flower. And then I have these paintings in this room right now that's based on paradise and birds of paradise. So that's mm. the recurring flower. Mm. It's a pretty flower. What is an irrational fear that you have? Aluminum for like the edges of it. Because they used to like slice my fingers as a kid. Mm. And I mm. Or also orange slices. I this is really weird, but I have sliced like my mouth with orange slices. <laughs> wow, that's kind of dang. These impressive. are some sharp orange slices. Yeah, like you things, cut your things, like, Yeah, I've also sliced my hand like opening a plastic bottle cap. Small, I think it's just small slicing, cuts. Slices. Little cuts. Yeah, small cuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. small cuts. Um, what is something on your bucket list? I want to go skydiving. Hmm. Hmm. that. Um, what were you like as a 13-year-old? Oh, God. I was very stubborn. Thought I knew everything. Um, hated everyone. Mm. Yeah, just had no interest in anything. Just wanted to do everything. Just wanted to go against whatever people wanted me to do, I think, is mm. what it was. What's your favorite place in the city? It might be Central Park. I'm sorry that cliche that might be it. No, we've, we're, we're, we gotta like get over this. It's, you know, we're like, it's okay to be cliche. Like Scott's reasons for moving to New York, you know, like we gotta like embrace it. Like, we love Central Park. Like, yes. (laughs) I know, but it's. I am a cliche. 
it's different when you're actually living in New York. <laughs> oh, it's no longer okay to be cliche after you've lived there. For you a can't while. be a New Yorker and have your favorite spot be Central Park. <laughs> I don't Central Park. I don't care. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite weather? Fall. Hmm. That's not weather. That's a season. Oh my god! But there's a uh, fall weather. There's like fall weather. Yeah, fall weather. <laughs> Me and Scott kind of we 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 took that. We just accepted we like, that. Mm. We accepted it. <laughs> Like sunny, but like cold and crisp. Mm. Mm. Like light layers, you know? Mm, exactly. <laughs> Very San Francisco. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, that's those were our uh, rapid fire questions. Finn. Oh, that was quick. Good job. Yeah, yeah quick. Because you answered them quickly and so efficiently. Yeah. So rapid fire. I listen to instructions sometimes. <laughs> okay, all right. The last kind of sections of our podcast... Um, what are some things that you've like your weekly favorites, like things that you've really enjoyed watching, listening, books, movies, books, TV, would recommend like, yeah. to consume? Okay. So last week mm-hmm. I binged watch The Bling Empire. Oh, I saw that on my recommended. <laughs> um, it's trashy. It's just like, you know, <laughs> I was, I was also, um, I came back from Singapore last week. So I've just really been like holed up in the house and kind of mm-hmm. you know doing all that um i've been watching pretend it's a city oh scott mm-hmm. you should actually watch that pretend I, it's, a city. it's okay that i've been on a tv cleanse since in 2021 and i almost broke my tv cleanse because i wanted to watch pretend it's a city and i started it but then i was like what am i doing i told myself i wasn't gonna watch tv anyways <laughs> yes that is on as soon as i break my my pact of like not watching tv in 2021 that's the first thing i'm gonna watch well I'll definitely watch that um also how to with john wilson on hbo Ooh, i loved that that was so good so good um yeah I, i'm just like i don't know what else to recommend when we're doing i know baths it's my favorite thing now <laughs> that's it's, good it's such a you know when i was younger it's like why are people sitting in hot water me no but you know when you're maybe actually when i was your age people are gifting me like bath salts and oh. like lotion and like i hate this shit <laughs> like why are you sending me this <laughs> And then now I'm like, I need all of this. I actually want all of this. <laughs> I thought you were going like, I feel like I was. I projected onto you. I was like, oh, she's definitely going like, why are people like sitting in hot water? Because that's how I feel. I'm like, <laughs> why? I don't, I don't, I don't see what's so enticing about. This, just... No, this is exactly what I'm saying. When I was like, I used to be like that. I'm like, it's so boring. You're just sitting in hot water and there's just like salt around you. It's so stupid. Uh-huh. Now I'm like, it's, it's my, my favorite thing is to be in a hot bath with like a shit ton of epsom salts and then playing Mm. playing like jangle reinhardt like just like jazz playing with a candle this Mm. like things things like my 14 year old self hates me for saying this (laughs) that's what you gotta do after these long work days after these really intense oh and then i i also started drinking because like i am always i have so much anxiety and just like stress work mm. in general and so i started taking these like cbd mm. infused tea or something i don't know mm-hmm. um anyway it's, ma- it's been making me like sleep like a baby so i highly recommend that anything mm-hmm. that like helps sleep i think is highly recommended anything that alleviates anxiety highly recommended yes, correct mm. oh a lot of a lot of things too but <laughs> um tmi fun fact about myself related to baths is that mm-hmm. like 
when I was like an infant, I took a bubble bath or, I mean, I don't remember this. This is a story that's been, you know, told to me. And I like got a UTI from like the bubbles. And so oh, yeah, then, no, that, that's a thing. Yeah. And so then after that, I was like banned from the bath and I have not taken a, like a bubble bath since. I know. Since infancy? Okay, so I want to be specific as (laughs) I don't have the best memory and I've had the habit of making these like grand dramatic sweeping statements. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that I really, at least like bubble bath, you know, where you're like filled with all the good stuff that can infect your urinary tract and like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely does happen, Um, but I don't know, maybe. The last it's time we tried it, it was like infancy. <laughs> I tried again. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just it's just been a so it's been cute. like a fun fact that I carry around with me. You know, like never taken a bubble bath, like never eaten at Wendy's or like <laughs> things that you're. Yeah, and like. I also feel like we're now just so. I don't know. Like it's just technology everywhere. It's like a screen, mm-hmm. twenty four hours a day, and being in a bath is like. Uh, I guess the iPhone is waterproof now, but you know, <laughs> don't bring your phone in there. Yeah, just just be boring. Just be boring. Yeah, for thirty minutes. Mm. I mean, staying with your thoughts. I I don't know about staying with your thoughts. I'm not into that. <laughs> I feel like it drives me crazy. <laughs> but you know, whatever works. Whatever works for different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So my answer to that is baths. Baths. All right. So Scott's going to move to New York. I'm going to take a bath. You will. Yeah, these are just action items post-podcast. Mm-hmm. And listeners yeah. will listen to... Um, Django Reinhardt. Yeah. Django Reinhardt, exactly. Mm. Maybe maybe you should... Oh, maybe it's a copyright problem. I don't know. Play some? But, okay. Insert? We can play like maybe like a like a clip as long as it's like shorter than 15 seconds. Or do, or do your best impression. No, it's... <laughs> 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 Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> that, that was really good, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for yeah, thanks so much this. for this coming really on our fun. podcast. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. And that was the episode. And what a good one it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, how's, how's your week been, Scott? How's your weekend, your life? What is going on? My, my family's like cleaning out, you know, as one does. And we are giving away these Kathy Smith fat burning workout videos, VHS (laughs) tapes. And I feel like kind of inspired. Like I kind of want to like, for reference listeners, like it's basically like Kathy Smith is this like white woman in from the eighties or not from the eighties, but she's like prominent in the eighties. Actually, she might still make fitness videos. I don't know her life, but like (laughs) um, on the cover of it, she's like posing in her like eighties attire workout material. And I kind of want to like exacto. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Spandex. Spandex. Yeah. I want to like cut her out and exacto blade her out and then kind of like do something with her. Hmm, interesting but that's also just like the I feel like that's like the art school student in me that like didn't really get to like do stuff like that just like wants to like stick Kathy Smith in like a burger or something and be like oh my god isn't that just the the juxtaposition (laughs) (laughs) dude that I literally just finished um watching an episode of Vox Explained about athleisure 
and about like the rise of like lycra and spandex and these like plastic materials mm-hmm. and how you know they became incorporated into our into our everyday wear so mm-hmm. very relevant tidbit about relevant stuff yeah relevant stuff also i'm excited for um amanda gorman by the time you listen to this amanda gorman will have re- um recited another poem at the super bowl this sunday whoa isn't that exciting oh no, like, wait by the time you listen to this oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> there's still anticipation for amanda Ooh, Gorman's performance yeah 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 at super bowl <laughs> we'll still be waiting <laughs> Yeah, but, like, isn't that kind of iconic? Like, it's, like, Lady yeah. Gaga, then Jennifer Lopez, and Shakira, and, and then Amanda Gorman. <laughs> Dude, and Olivia Rodrigo's performing on Jimmy Kimmel on Thursday. Oh, is she? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, look at I these I thought she was just getting interviewed. up-and-coming artists. Oh, I thought she was performing. Oh. <laughs> um, I pickled onions. How was it? How are they? Um, I love them. I literally love them so much. Um, That's my weekly fave. It's pickled onions. Mm-hmm. Let me give you the recipe right now for the listeners. I'll transcribe it. Um, you basically get like equal parts water and white vinegar and you boil that and you put some salt in there, some put some honey in there, put some pep, and then you let that come to like a simmer and then you pour it over your red onions and you keep it in an airtight container. And then the next day you wake up and you've got the most beautiful pink pickled onions Put that on everything. Put that on your hot dogs if you want. Mm. Put that on avocado toast. Put that mm-hmm. on your falafel salad. It just yeah. that sounds it good. Brightens up every meal. For some reason, like I was imagining you eating them straight, and I. But like now that you're mentioning that but you're putting honestly, it on, honestly, I would eat them straight. Okay, like go, I would do go, it. Go go eat one for the listeners. Like well, give them that ASMR crunch. <laughs> uh, yeah. What did you think? Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. to be super meta about it, I feel like Scott and I become better podcasters as we keep going. So we feel like less awkward with these strangers that we've just met over Zoom, um, and are better at just like, sometimes you just got to like dive right in, like talk about our lives in this like more intimate level, even though that feels kind of uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. um, this pod is actually just like Joanna and I training and learning how to like ask better questions and also like social skills. We're actually just like trying to (laughs) gain any kind of social skill. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. And uh, we're learning how to talk to different people. Yeah. And, and we learn super interesting things each time, which I'm also very grateful for. So Mm -hmm. what I wanted like to talk about, like as my takeaway was just as I am like, around the age of 20, like what Dilla said about what she would tell her 20 year old self. Um, yeah. If you heard my birthday mini episode, you would know that like I was born on new year's Eve. And so like, I've always been like really young for my grade. And so similarly, I've had this obsession with like, I want to be the youngest to do blank. Like even with this startup thing, I was all like, whew, like this is great. Like I was 18 when I did the startup thing. And like, that feels really impressive because like I'm young and that's important. Um, and then I obviously, since turning from 19, from the age of 18, I haven't had, like, I still definitely think that way a lot. And I think that's because it's, like, really easy to, um, you know, want to feel like your achievements are important and you've done good things. Um, But I really liked what Dilla said about, like, there are really important things in life that are not just achievements and success and professional career stuff. There's also so much joy in just, like, taking a chill pill, like, enjoying the people around you enjoying your life as it is not trying to like rush towards anything. So that's my big takeaway. Scott. I feel like society like pushes that narrative of like, 
oh my gosh, can you believe this like 17 year old blah, 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 did blah, 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 blah. Prodigy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like Amanda Gorman is the, like, it's really exciting that she's like the t- this 22 year old really kick Scott ass. Scott loves like, Amanda Gorman. <laughs> I do. I love her. But like, I feel like let's just, not, why can't we just celebrate like, you know, Amanda Gorman is a kick ass poet, not comma her age is 22. Wait. Yeah. Also, I was having a conversation with Jonathan yesterday. This is kind of a sidebar about like, if age is like a construct and like, you know, as time just like passes through us, like, why do we, why do we let age shape so much of how we think? Like, we're like, oh, like I'm wasting my twenties or like, right, right. used to say you can't just like feel like you're in your twenties when you're in your thirties or like, yeah, for real. It just, it's just there to help you keep track and like, you know, kind of have yeah. a barometer on like when you might die. But I, <laughs> we like, we like let it affect us so much. And also, like, yeah, her advice was, like, a good reminder to just, like, be present um, in the time that you are right now. Because it's, like, a special thing to sort Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, whatever age you are. Like, just to, like, really enjoy. Because you're not going to ever, like, you can't relive the the time that you're living right in this moment, you know? Yeah. So why not just, like, enjoy it as it is and And that's super cool. Like, Mm -hmm. you get to reflect on past versions of yourself and they're just, like, different. You just kind of keep evolving. So the only thing that you should really feel is just like the person you are now like at this age at this moment at this time Mm -hmm. yeah um I just I really enjoyed the conversation with Dillis Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like she's just really chill and it was it was like fun to talk to her about New York and for her to be I wasn't expecting to her to for for her to come out like in the beginning and be like you know like I'm very type a like I wasn't expecting like for her to have that like reckless energy kind of like lurking beneath yeah true I was also just inspiring. I feel like I'm like fired up to go and try to like get myself to New York. The thing that I was going to say was like, I always get self-conscious during these outros, just thinking about like, <laughs> Dillis like listening to us, like pick apart our conversation and like, oh, what did I think about that? What did I learn? But honestly, like, I feel like it's like, just like the best part of the pod is that we just get to like take away these little bits and pieces of everybody, you know, like after talking mm-hmm. for an hour, like their takes on life. Obviously you can't condense that into an hour, but um, it's just so cool to hear everybody's different perspectives on everything. Everyone's different, like lived experiences. I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. It's like a cool platform to like get a little window into a bunch of like random people's lives. <laughs> yeah. And we just kind of cross paths for an hour and then right. like, and that's it. And and I think the podcast is so great because it invites you to just like talk in depth about your life in a way that like you don't really necessarily do when you're just like casually chatting yeah and like what you were saying like it's also an excuse uh, like a long form an excuse to have like a long form conversation with like cool people yeah and Dillis is a pal she's she's a friend she's she's like really cool friend yeah Dillis is like p.s if anyone from time is listening to this like get scott a job but like honestly (laughs) i I feel like Dillis was like really, I don't want to make assumptions, but she was being real helpful and like encouraging. And mm-hmm. those are all things that like really make me smile. Yeah, she was cool. Happy. Oh, listeners, you should like check out Django Reinhardt. Well, I don't know what else. Oh, what's her stuff? Like check out, Ooh, follow her. Yeah, check out her portfolio. Mm-hmm. Check out her website, Ng, D-I-L-Y-S-N-G.com. And then also check out our Instagram, also Dillising. <laughs> She's got all the usernames. <laughs> follow her on Instagram. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram at Edamame Pod and on Facebook at Edamame Podcast.
And mm. I guess with that. Have a good rest of your week. Yeah, I hope this episode left you feeling happy, left you feeling Hopeful. inspired. Yeah, maybe you have some new music to listen to, that bath you've been meaning to take. You're, yeah. you're feeling like you want to like settle down and, and relax in a bath. Um, yeah. Perhaps maybe this episode inspired you to give baths another chance. And with that, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 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 Say bye-bye like you're taking a bubble bath. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When I say good, you say bye. Good. Bye. Good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>